0: appendix part three of struggles and triumphs or forty years recollections of p t barnum written by himself this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc struggles and triumphs of p t barnum appendix part three when my plans were made public the proprietors of the travelling shows throughout the country with scarcely an exception declared that my exhibition necessarily must prove a failure for they said no travelling show in the world ever took in one-half so much money per day as barnum's daily expenses will be i knew that this was nearly true but in reply to their ill-omened progostinations i only said well but you see no show that has travelled ever drew out one-half of the people i expect to attract all of them i confess i felt that my reputation for always giving my patrons more than their money's worth and also for scrupulously excluding from my exhibitions everything objectionable to the refined and morale would inevitably draw out large numbers of people who are not in the habit of attending ordinary travelling shows with these views i had confidence in my undertaking from the start and I expended money like water in order to fully carry out my intentions and desires. Previous business arrangements prevented my opening, at the first, in New York, but I did the next best thing by going to the next best place for the benefit and convenience of my numerous New York friends and patrons, and opened in Brooklyn April tenth, eighteen 1871 at the onset the exhibition was truly a mammoth one it embraced a museum menagerie caravan and hippodrome all first-class and unsurpassed in previous shows and dan costello's celebrated circus was added it was an exhibition absolutely colossal exhaustive and bewildering various as the most liberal expenditure and years of experience could possibly make it my motto through life has been give the best regardless of expense my aim was to combine in the several shows more startling and entirely novel wonders in creation that were ever before seen in one collection anywhere in the world and to furnish my patrons with wholesome instruction and innocent amusement without the taint of anything that should seem immoral or exceptionable in all this i fully succeeded and i declare with pride that this grand combination has proved to be the crowning success of my managerial life my canvas covered about three acres of ground and would hold nearly ten thousand people yet from the start in Brooklyn and throughout the entire summer tour it was of daily occurrence that from one thousand to three thousand people were turned away after an extraordinarily successful week in Brooklyn i visited all the leading places in the immediate vicinity then the principal towns in Connecticut next through Rhode Island to Boston how the great combination was received and appreciated in the athens of america is well set forth in the following extracts from a two-column article in the boston journal the arrival in boston last monday of barnum's new enterprise comprising a museum menagerie caravan and hippodrome to which is gratuitously added dan costello's mammoth circus has produced a sensation in this city never before equalled by any amusement enterprise known to new england we have had our anniversaries reviews parades the odd fellows and to-day shall have Fisk's famous ninth but after all nothing seems equal or eclipse the great barnum and his immense amusement enterprise which is the theme of universal comment an observation here as elsewhere have you seen barnum is the question that is heard in the streets counting houses stores and shops the public being as anxious to see the veteran show king as they are to visit his big show we confess that barnum is a curiosity and always has been for the last thirty years during which time he has figured prominently before the american people until the fame of him is as familiar to both worlds as household words verily who has not heard of p t Barnum? and the famous american museum we don't mean that as a specimen of the genus homo barnum is very different from other specimens who have gained notoriety and success but simply as an embodiment of the very best representative type of a shrewd enterprising wide awake american who has achieved an immense success in his specialty as the greatest amusement caterer of the nineteenth century though two disastrous conflagrations his immense museum collection in new york however the accumulations of half a century were in a single day almost entirely swept out of existence this was a serious loss to the public as it was to mr barnum though he is said to have taken it as coolly and as imperturbably as the apple-woman round the corner would the loss of a roxbury russet already advancing in years and thinking no doubt he had served the public long enough mr barnum concluded after the loss of his museum to retire permanently from the show business and taking horace greeley's advice go a-fishing or seek the shades of a more quiet and private life for the balance of his days a man however like p t barnum who has spent a whole life amid scenes of bustle and excitement with a constant tension of muscle and brain catering for the ever-recurring demands of a curious public naturally fond of amusements especially the marvellous and sensational is rarely satisfied to withdraw suddenly like the tortoise within his own shell and let the outside world wag without taking an active interest in passing events thus mr barnum's retirement although surrounded by every luxury that money could furnish, became the veriest prison to every element, nervous, physical, and intellectual of his being. And it is no wonder under these circumstances that he became absolutely restive under rest. His ambition, like ancient Utica, he felt to be too much pent up and as volcanoes below air they disembogue so smoke betrays the wild consuming fire like dan costello's famous gymnast his vaulting ambition has fairly o'leaped himself for a simple bound he comes before the public in a new role having on his hands an elephant more ponderous and expensive to manage than the famous quadruped that used to be seen ploughing on his bridgeport farm not for agricultural purposes exactly but as a rocket thrown up to attract public attention to my broadway american museum about a year ago mr barnum desirous to do good in his day and generation instituted and put on wheels his present mammoth enterprise at a cost of nearly three quarters of a million dollars which has met with a success unparalleled in the annals of the show business this success is so sudden and complete as to astonish everybody and none more so than professionals themselves knowing the interest the public feels in all that pertains to p t barnum and especially his last great effort barnum himself calls it his last great splurge which we readily grant in deference to his known modesty we sent one of our reporters to interview the whole affair and as his injunctions were imperative to stick to facts Fiat justica ruet condum our readers shall be able to judge of the big show as it appeared one thing is very evident since starting from new york barnum's show has been patronized by the largest concourse of people ever known in new england his transit across the country has been like sherman's march to the sea while his entertainments have been visited by the great masses including eminent clergymen and their families and the most respectable of all persuasions in fact by everybody without reference to race color or previous condition etc barnum's great possession which made its first appearance in the streets last monday is one of the grandest and most magnificent pageants of the kind that ever appeared in boston the great cortege is varied and almost interminable in length the cages chariots carriages and vans no two being painted or finished alike are of unique workmanship elaborate design and gorgeously painted and gilded the models inscribed on the cages are peculiarly curt and barnumish the massively carved chariot called the temple of juno which in construction is somewhat telescopic that is let up and down to the extent of thirty feet or more by means of machinery is of solid carved work gilt all over with the precious metals and studded profusely with plated mirrors which give to the tableau a truly gorgeous and magnificent effect upon an elevated seat just beneath a rich and unique oriental canopy of the most elaborate finish sits in perfect nonchalance the representative queen surrounded by gods and goddesses in mythological costume giving a striking picture of an oriental pageant as seen in the days of the roman empires this gorgeous car built in london expressly for barnum is forty feet high and is rendered picturesque in effect by the team of elephants camels and dromedaries which lead or escort the van the entire procession is the longest and most varied ever witnessed here and consisted of about seventy cages wagons and chariots and two hundred and fifty horses but let us follow this grand street demonstration to the grounds selected for the great exposition for we are a little anxious to know what becomes of so many horses waggons. Housings, traps, and paraphernalia in general. The lot on which the three colossal tents are pitched, presently a really novel and interesting sight. From two or three acres of land are required for this purpose of exhibition. Hotel canavassery, ecurie, horse tents, etc. Immediately after returning from the pageant all cages containing the live white animals and all the museum curiosities are driven under the spacious tents and arranged in regular order those containing the animals being arranged in the caravan and menagerie while the others are classified in the museum department the horses are detached from the cages dens and chariots by experienced grooms and immediately removed to eight long rows of horse tents which are located in a separate lot containing about thirty horses each these being principally draft and baggage horses as the rink stock is conveyed to hotel and livery stables of the two hundred and forty five people connected with this varied show two-thirds were employed in getting their breakfast the establishment is equipped with portable stoves and accomplished cooks the meals are served in large tents and in this way all the attaches but the artists are fed everything connected with the enterprise is first class a fact which strikes one turn which way he will not only is everything done for the comfort and convenience of the people engaged with it, but the same thoughtfulness is manifested on behalf of the horses, whether used for draught purposes or as accessories to the Aaronic performances. The tents in which the horses are kept are large and an ample room is assigned to each animal in fact they are complete stables with patent managers and all the modern stable appointments the best rye straw is used for bedding and never were horses provided better with the little notions which certainly contribute to their comfort and which are probably in exact accordance with a horse's idea of good living a veterinary surgeon is regularly employed, and the health of the horses is, we have reason to believe, much closer looked after than the health of many people is by their family position. The wagons used for the conveyance of baggage when the company is moving are converted into sleeping rooms at night by letting down shelves which when equipped with bedding and blankets form very comfortable berths each wagon accommodates twelve persons another feature worthy of notice is the manner in which the baggage is carried if each person carried a saratoga of course it would require some fifty wagons to carry the trunks to obviate this difficulty the clothing and other personal effects of the employees are kept in one large wagon the possessions of each one are numbered this wagon is in charge of a clerk who has reduced his business to a science and with the same skill that a photographer picks out your old negative from among a thousand others when you order an additional dozen carts de visite the gentleman can produce the article called for at a moment's notice having satisfied ourselves that barnum's numerous employees know how to groom their stock as well as how to keep a hotel we will now take our readers with us to the great show the doors of which are by this time opened of course they must buy their own tickets for the management are not in the habit of papering their house rather than play two empty benches and we shall see whether phineas has kept faith with the public for we have a glittering recollection that he promised not long ago to make this last great effort the crowning success of his managerial life which we are of course bound to believe although we have also a sort of inquisitive penchant to look for the proofs already the masses of curious sightseers are occupying every foot of available ground the three ticket wagons being literally besieged from which the necessary cards of admission are being rapidly distributed at fifty cents per head for adults children have price and very soon the three colossal tents are full to overflowing with anxious spectators the first impression that one receives on entering is that of bewilderment such as the magnitude extent variety and uniqueness of the combination here in almost endless variety we see gathered together from all parts of the earth a miniature representation of the wonder world that nobody but barnum would ever have thought of securing for a travelling exhibition then follows in the same article a detailed account of the leading attractions which want of space precludes me from copying the notice concludes as follows with all these unique and bewildering attractions our faith has been wonderfully increased and we shall no longer doubt why it is that p t barnum is the happiest and most successful show proprietor that ever came before the american public and no man more than he deserves as he is constantly receiving their unstinted and unprecedented patronage the great show is now on its triumphant tour through northern new england and will no doubt be visited by myriads everywhere as it has been here and elsewhere from boston my exhibition went through new hampshire and into maine as far as waterville why the show did not go to towns beyond in that state is fully and amusingly explained in the following which appeared in the new york Tribune, august nineteenth eighteen seventy one barnum's menagerie and circus one of the greatest successes ever achieved in the annals of the sawdust ring has been accomplished the present season by p t barnum's museum menagerie and circus from the inception of the enterprise success has crowned its efforts mr barnum's name in itself has been a tower of strength and to his direction and general control its success is due there are a few men that have the courage to invest nearly five hundred thousand dollars in so precarious a business and to run it at a daily expense of nearly twenty five hundred dollars but mr barnum had faith in the public would respond liberally to his appeal one great secret of his success has been ever to give the public a great deal for their money and to fix the prices of admission as popular rates but we doubt if he expected so great a success as has recently in the state of maine been showered upon him it is worthy of being recorded as equal to jenny Lynn's triumphal american tour it has originally been the intention to make a tour with the great show as far east as bangor maine and it was so announced but subsequently they found that there were many bridges over which it was impossible for the large chariots to pass and that the show would be obliged to make stands at several small towns en route which could not possibly pay the running expenses even if every inhabitant attend consequently it was decided that lewiston Maine should be the terminus of their eastern tour the following letter dated winthrop maine june thirtieth from a correspondent will best convey the idea of the great interest and enthusiasm there manifested by the people the business in maine has been immense contrary to the predictions of the showmen generally since entering the state except at brunswick where it rained hard all day they have been compelled to show three times daily to accommodate the vast crowds that have flocked from every direction while exhibiting at Gardiner and augusta persons came all the way from bangor when they reached waterville a scene occurred which has never been equalled in this or any other country the village was crowded with people who had come from the surrounding country many of them travelling a distance of seventy-five miles and all the morning crowds were pouring in from all points of the compass in carriages wagons ox-carts and on foot near the circus tents in an adjoining field with several large tents pitched which had served to shelter the people the previous night who had come long distance and encamped there the authorities of the village had taken the precaution to stop the sale of all the spirituous liquors during that day and had caused barrels of water and plenty of ice to be placed at the street corners for the free use of all Carts were provided at the expense of the village to constantly replenish the barrels. The early morning performance was commenced, and it was found that they could not accommodate a tithe part of their patrons, and ere its close an excursion train of twenty-seven cars, crowded in every part, came in from Bangor, closely followed by another of seven cars from belfast seeing this vast extension to the already large numbers of visitors the manager was somewhat puzzled how to accommodate them finally it was decided to give a continuous exhibition giving an act in the circus department every few moments this style of performance was kept up without cessation until nine o'clock in the evening when a heavy shower of rain falling afforded the manager an excuse to close the exhibitions the men and horses were completely exhausted and their next drive being forty-eight miles to lewiston where they were to exhibit three times they shipped all the ring horses by railroad to give them an opportunity for much needed rest on driving out of augusta on july twenty ninth they narrowly escaped an accident similar to the one which happened in new jersey one of the passenger wagons with twelve passengers and having four horses attached had driven down a steep hill when suddenly they came upon a locomotive crossing the road immediately in front of them the driver with great presence of mind suddenly pulled the horses to the right making an abrupt turn which overturned the wagon breaking the arm of mr summerfield one of the businessmen bruising several others and injuring somewhat severely joseph the french giant who was compelled to remain behind the show for a couple of days from maine we went across vermont exhibiting in the more important places to albany and troy at albany it was impossible to secure a suitable locality for the exhibition short of a distance of two miles from the city yet here distance seemed literally to lend enchantment to the view For every exhibition was thronged, and here as everywhere thousands were turned away who were unable to find room. Our route from Albany was along the line of the New York Central Railroad to Buffalo, and back by the Erie Railway to the Hudson River, exhibiting nearly everywhere, and after exhibitions at Catskill, Poughkeepsie and newburgh returning to new york our tour through the country was more than a carnival it was a perfect ovation and best of all the public and the press with one accord pronounced the exhibition even better and greater than i had advertised at the close of the travelling season i desired to exhibit my great show to my new york patrons and to return again to the metropolis where in days gone by the children the parents and the grandparents of the present generation have flocked in millions to my museum accordingly i secured the empire Rink immediately after the close of the american institute fair and opened in that building november thirteenth eighteen seventy one at least ten thousand people were present and in response to an enthusiastic welcoming call i made a few remarks the report of which i copy from the next morning's new york world a popular eastern poet has said the noblest art a human being can acquire is the power of giving happiness to others i sincerely hope this is true my highest ambition during the last thirty years has been to make the public happy when i introduced the swedish nightingale jenny lind to the american public in eighteen fifty one a thrill of pleasure was felt throughout the land by our most refined and intellectual citizens as well as by every lover of melody in the humblest walks of life as a museum proprietor for nearly thirty years i catered successfully to the pleasures of many millions of persons nor have my efforts been confined to this continent as a public exhibitor i have appeared before kings queens and emperors in the old world and have given gratification to many millions of their devoted subjects fifty years ago some moralists taught that it was wicked to laugh but all divines of the present day have abandoned that untenable and austere position and now almost universally agree that laughter is not only conducive to health but very proper and to be encouraged for as the bard of avon justly says with mirth and laughter let old wrinkles come in fact mr beecher permits laughing in his church holding that it is a right to laugh as to cry it has been said that i have caused more people to laugh than any other man on this continent ten years ago one of our first families in fifth avenue were conversing regarding the duties responsibilities and trials of this life their little daughter of seven was present the father remarked that it was a pretty hard world to live in full of struggles labors toils and disappointments the mother added that there was much poverty and suffering in the world etc but the little girl chipped in well i think it is a beautiful and pleasant world i have my dear mamma and papa and my good grandma there besides i have barnum's museum to go to and surely i don't want a happier world than this my great object has been to elevate the standard of amusements to render them instructive as well as amusing to divest them of all vulgar and immoral tendencies and to make all my exhibitions worthy the patronage of the best and most respectable families Finally, my great desire has been to give my patrons ten times the worth of their money, and in this my last crowning effort to overshadow and totally eclipse all other exhibitions in the world. End of appendix part three recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.